Welcome back to Chili Bakes Gluten-Free. Today we're baking, is it America's favorite cookie? I don't know, it's one of my favorites. It's the chocolate chip cookie. We're baking a chewy, crisp, chocolate chippy, ch chocolate chip cookie that's not the thin, crispy kind, but the kind that's chewy and stays nice and moist and has a nice buttery browned butter edge, which is uh, amazing. This is the cookie that when I became gluten-free, I really wanted to make. One of the things that, you know, you just end up Growing up here in America, it's just one of those cookies that you feel like, not that you have a right to eat, but you just grow up eating and you think, well, this is America's cookie, the chocolate chip cookie. And I couldn't find a recipe and I couldn't find a cookie that was made that was worth eating. And I thought, oh, this is super frustrating, as I say a lot, I know. And so I set about uh, revising a recipe to make a chocolate chip cookie that was good enough I could take anywhere and nobody knew it wasn't, didn't have gluten. So you can take this cookie to any party kids party, whatever. Don't tell people it's gluten-free. It's not going to hurt them not to eat gluten. Or you can, you can brag and say it's gluten-free. Wait till they eat it first because sometimes people have had a terrible experience with gluten-free and they think, Ugh, I'm not trying that. This is a good cookie. This is an amazing cookie. And if you make it the way um, the way I do, it'll have some staying power, power too. It, it lasts a decent amount of time and it doesn't turn to sawdust and turn crazy like some gluten-free bakes or some gluten-free baked goods from other people do. Um, Anyway, thank you for being here with me again. I'm so excited. I've had such nice feedback from people uh, telling me how much they like the podcast, how they enjoy it. I love it. I love to hear from you. I'd love to see pictures of what you're baking or know what you're doing. So if you love this podcast, please subscribe, rate, review it. I'd be so honored if you did share it with a gluten-free friend. Maybe you can help them have recipes that they enjoy making instead of being frustrated all the time, like I used to be. Also, if you haven't checked me out on Instagram, there are other recipes there for, I was going to say actual food, but food that's not baking and additional baking recipes and pictures of recipes you see here. Um, so if you want to check it out, you can always DM me while you're there. Say hi. Let me know how you're doing. If you have any questions or comments about the show, I welcome it. Anyway, so let's get on to baking. I have my cup of tea ready. I'm pretty excited about it. I'm out of breath because I'm all excited talking about chocolate chip cookies like a crazy person. Okay, I've got everything set up. I put all my ingredients out because, you know, I like to have things organized. And I'm going to start with the dry, as always. I'm going to start in a medium-sized bowl because I like to add the dry to the wet. Um, these cookies are really easy. Let's see, have I talked about where I got the recipe? This is from Cook's Illustrated. It's their chewy chocolate chip cookie. I modified it about 10 years ago, and it's got one ingredient that you don't necessarily have to add, but I think it really makes the cookie have better staying power. And we'll get to that then, and you're gonna think, what, what have you done? Anyway, so this is my modification of that. We're gonna start with two cups of cup for cup all-purpose flour, which is my go-to for cookies and cakes and all that good stuff, quick breads. So we're measuring out two cups. We're gonna scoop it in because we don't wanna pack the flour. Uh, on the recipe, I will have weights because I really, I think weights is a good way to go, but not everyone wants to deal with that. So you can measure it out too. Like today, I'm just gonna to measure two cups. I'm not gonna weigh it, but it does weigh 11.1 .1 ounces. I measured it out. Um, all right, there's two cups of gluten-free, cup for cup flour. And the next thing is one, tablespoon of oat flour. If you don't have oat flour, you can just add the um, another two tablespoons of um, regular flour or another tablespoon of regular flour. I like the way oats add a little extra flavor and you can grind them up if you want to. Um, that's one way you can add oats to it. 
I have a spice grinder that I could use to make oat flour. I just happened to get a huge bag of it, and so that's what I'm using here. Okay, I'm setting aside the oat flour because I don't want to forget I put it in. And when I'm talking to you, you know sometimes I make that mistake. All right, next up on the recipe is sweet rice flour. Dakota Farms sweet rice flour. And we're going to use, how much am I using? One teaspoon. I know it doesn't seem like much, but I swear it makes a difference. Okay, we're doing a quarter teaspoon of xanthan gum to give a little extra chew there. I know there's some xanthan gum in the formula, but I like it a little chewier. And then half a teaspoon of baking soda. I'm gonna measure that into my palm like I always do and use the back of my measuring spoon to just crush those tiny lumps you know how much I don't like sifting. And it goes to the dry. I just scrape off whatever's on my palm. Okay, half a teaspoon of salt. There we go, half a teaspoon of salt. And I think that completes all the dry, so let's go through that again. It's two cups of cup-for-cup multi-purpose flour, a teaspoon of oat flour, or another teaspoon of a multi-purpose flour if you don't have oat flour, a teaspoon of white, sweet rice flour, I can't speak, a quarter teaspoon xanthan gum, a half a teaspoon baking soda, and a half a teaspoon of salt. And we're just gonna whisk that together. This is one of those recipes that goes together very quickly. So it's just a nice recipe to have um, I don't know, in your repertoire of recipes so that it's a good go-to. Okay, so that's the dry. I'm setting aside that medium-sized bowl. Um, and then I'm taking a large bowl and we're gonna do one and a half sticks of butter. I'm gonna soften that. Actually, I'm gonna melt it. Not so it's boiling, but in the microwave. Oh, hello. Huh. It doesn't have to be burning hot. I just want it thoroughly melted, which you don't usually do with cookies, but... Um, these ones you want it melted and it makes it a nice quick mix together with the sugar because the butter's already melted and as long as it's not boiling hot you can add the eggs to it and it's no problem whatsoever mm. let's see it's fun listening to me wait for my microwave isn't it oh while it's while it's melting i'm gonna stop that so you don't have to listen to the microwave while it's melting I'm not going to preheat the oven for cookies because these cookies definitely do much better when you chill them for at least two hours. So if you're going to make them for something, you might want to make them ahead or the night before, and then they'll be perfect. I think it um, absorbs the flowers. I'm going to melt this a little longer. Okay. Yeah, you're melted enough. Okay. Um, I think... What happens, sorry about that, is when you have it in the fridge overnight, the flavors melt better and the, I don't know if the flowers hydrate better, but I feel like that. So we're gonna add a cup and a half, which is 12 tablespoons, um, a cup and a half, one and a half sticks of butter um, in the big large bowl here. And then we're gonna add sugar. So 12 tablespoons of butter or one and a half sticks and a cup of brown sugar and a half a cup of white sugar. So let's 
Let's go with white sugar first here. Half a cup. Close you up. Brown sugar is getting crazy hard here. If you have really hard chunks of brown sugar, uh, you might want to sift it. It's really old. There's a trick that you can do to get rid of really hard lumps. I don't know if you've heard of it before. I think it used to be that you'd stick an apple slice in the container, but I feel like that's a little weird. So when I had this problem before, I put a dampened paper towel over the top of my container and then closed the lid so it wasn't dripping in, but there was extra moisture. And I think gradually, um, I don't know if it was overnight or a couple nights, the brown sugar got softer because it um, absorbed some of that moisture from the paper towel. Okay, so I have one cup of packed brown sugar. And we're gonna mix this. I'm gonna use my beautiful Dutch whisk here. too loud. I'm switching to my quieter but less effective plastic whisk. And that's a pretty easy mix because the butter's already melted, which is pretty darn cool. If you have any lumps, use your rubber spatula and see if you can crush them. If not, you can fish them out. I had lots of lumps. I know, this is why you sift. I still stand by my decision not to be a sifter for almost everything. There's one recipe where I always sift. <laughs> okay, all right, here's the time for the weird ingredient and you're gonna be like, what? Okay, so I have butter, I have a cup of white, no, I have a cup of brown sugar, half a cup of white sugar, 12, um, tablespoons or one and a half sticks of butter melted and cooled. And now the next ingredient, you're gonna think this is weird, but whatever, it's one tablespoon of sweet potato, Japanese yellow sweet potato. And you're thinking, what is wrong with this woman? Well, you know how when you bake gluten-free, sometimes it's dry and nasty, and then it gets dry and nasty pretty quick and it doesn't have good texture and it doesn't keep moisture. So I thought, well, what it needs is some kind of fruit to keep it moist. But the problem is if I add pumpkin or something like that, it adds way too much moisture. I don't want these cakey. So this sweet potato is moist, but dry. I mean, it really, so I smush it up. What I do is I bake a sweet potato and then I cut it into pieces and then I kind of smush them up and I put them in my freezer if I'm gonna make chocolate cookies. And then what I do is I add the sweet potato to the butter and sugar and I kind of smush it in, make sure there's, make sure it's, almost like mashed sweet potatoes so there's no chunks and you never know it's there. And I swear that one tablespoon really makes a difference. If you don't wanna add it, don't add it. Um, but I feel like it really makes these cookies have a better staying powder and stay moist um, and they still retain the chew. And this sweet potato is so mild and buttery that you would never know. It's not like a yam where you're like, what the heck, somebody put yam in my cookie. You would never know. Okay, so that's mixed in. I use the back of the spatula to really make sure it's in. And I also made sure it was super well mashed in a bowl beforehand. Okay, and then it gets one egg and two egg yolks. The egg yolks help keep it moist as well, but not adding a whole bunch of liquid. Here we go with my pasture eggs, which I adore. I wanna have hens. I feel like I wanna have hens, but I think the reality of owning chickens maybe 
maybe not quite what I would like. You know, if something happened to the chickens, that would be sad. And I'm so tenderhearted. Okay, here come the eggs, or the egg. Okay, if you're a proficient egg cracker, feel free to crack that right into your batter. And if not, uh, don't do that. I'm gonna mix in the whole egg now. Okay, and then I'm gonna uh, separate the other egg. And I'm gonna use the two bowl method. I think I talked about this on the spice cake episode when we did some folding in. So every time I separate yolks, I use, a, I'm gonna use two bowls today, but I usually use three, but I'm gonna crack the egg in one bowl and then I'm gonna use my hand to fish out the yolk because my hand doesn't have any sharp edges. The traditional technique I believe is to um, use the eggshell to pick it up. But you know, if I pick up the egg yolk with my fingers, there's nothing sharp there that can um, puncture the yolk. Okay, so I have one yolk, in it goes. And I'm saving the egg white for something, some other kind of baking. Look at that, that one, the egg yolk didn't crack. Either, if either of those crack, um, you could fish out most of the yolk and still use it. I mean, if either of them break the egg yolks, you could fish it out and still use it. Um, but you can't use the white for anything. You can use it in, um, what am I trying to say here? Scrambled eggs, you could add extra egg white. It's not a big deal. Or you could save them for when you make a meringue or some sort of angel food cake. Those recipes are coming. All right, so in there is two egg yolks. We're gonna mix those in now. And one teaspoon of vanilla. Ooh, vanilla always smells so good. And I remember as a kid, I would think, ooh, I want a taste of this. It is not pleasant to taste vanilla extract, but man, does it taste good. I mean, in stuff, it tastes good. And it always smells good. But if you try to eat this as a kid, you're in for a rude surprise. Okay. Alrighty. Everything's mixed in. Let's use my rubber spatula. And scrape down the bowl here. Scrape down, one more whisk. Everything is nicely mixed. There's no chunks of brown sugar. In go the dry ingredients. I do not want to use this regular whisk. If you try to use a regular whisk for mixing in the flour, it's just gonna be a nightmare. You could use a wooden spoon, or my favorite is the Dutch whisk. This thing cuts through thick dough like nobody's business. Because the butter is melted, this is gonna look like really soft dough, and that's okay. Now we're gonna add the chocolate chips. It's a cup and a half of chocolate chips. You can add more if you'd like. Now this is a lot of chips there. Okay, now your dough is ready to um, put in the refrigerator and cook in a couple hours time or overnight. Here's where you can do some options here. One of my favorite things to do with chocolate chips is to mix it up a little bit. Sometimes I add not a cup and a half of semi-sweet chips, which is what I use this time. Sometimes I use half semi-sweet chips and half peanut butter chips. Oh, those are good. Or I add half semi-sweet chocolate chips and half toffee bits. That's a good one too. Or you could do milk chocolate chips. 
I like all those options. Okay, so now your dough, you can chill your dough like this, and then when you scoop it, it's gonna be hard. Or you could, if you have a place to put it, you could scoop these out on a tray with um, either two spoons, you know, like the traditional method to scrape with one spoon and scrape it off the other, or if you have a scoopy scoop like I do, and um, you could scoop them all into a tray and put them in the fridge for a couple hours, and then they're ready to go, and then you don't have to fight with the dough when you scoop it. That's kind of up to you, or you could even freeze it. You could scoop the dough balls, freeze them on a tray, and then put them in a bag. Huh, that's a little dangerous though, because you always have hot chocolate chip cookies almost on demand. So anyway, those are some of your options there. We're gonna put this into chill for now, and I'll get back to you. Okay, so the dough's been chilled. Let's get it out of here. I'm gonna turn on the oven. 350 degree oven. Make sure your rack's in the middle. All righty. So you can use two spoons to scoop them out. Scoop it with one spoon and then scoop it off with another. Um, that makes a smaller cookie. I'm gonna use a number 24 scoop, which is a pretty big cookie. It's kind of a giant cookie. It's about three tablespoons worth. And on a regular size cookie sheet, um, it makes, well, you can do two, two wide and about three down. So not as many. Um, so we'll do this whole tray. And um, when the oven's ready, we'll um, be able to bake those. So with these giant cookies, it'll only make about six. And probably, let's see, six, four, six. It makes about 16 cookies with these giant scoops. If you make them smaller, it'll take less time. They're gonna cook about 17 minutes. Um, about 17, 18 minutes in the oven. Um, you could have scooped these and chilled them and then you can uh, put them in a, like some sort of container, leave them in the freezer and then take them out and put them on a tray and let them, while the oven's heating up, you just leave them out. And so they're, um, you know, a little bit thawed when they go in the oven. And um, you can always tamp them, down, tamp them down a little bit if they're still frozen. Um, that way you can have fresh cookies anytime. Um, yeah, so that's a really good way to do this. Or you can bake them and put them in the freezer. That's what I do a lot. Um, they don't, um, they last best in the freezer over a few days. They will be fine at room temperature for a few days, but they will taste really fresh if you leave them in the freezer. So that's my tip. So we're just waiting for the oven to heat up here and then we'll put them in the oven. All right, so the oven just dinged to tell me it was ready at 350 degrees. I have them on parchment paper today, but you don't have to do that. You can. It's in the center rack of the oven. In it goes. And we're gonna try to cook them. It should be with a larger scoop, which is about three tablespoons worth, between 16 and 18 minutes. So I'm gonna check them around. Mm. Let's see. I'm just gonna peek at them at 13 minutes. I know that's way too early, but we'll peek on them at 13 minutes. Okay, and here they go. Okay, so the first batch is out. And I'm checking on the second one here. No, not quite yet. The first batch took um, 
16 minutes in my oven with this size cookie and they're sitting out a little bit. I had one that I got too excited about taking off the cookie sheet and got a little messed up, but let me tell you how this tastes. They're nice big cookies. The outside is a crisp, caramely, buttery um, exterior mm, with a good crisp edge. The inside is soft and chewy still with um, the melted chocolate chips. This is absolutely everything I want in a chocolate chip cookie. And there is no evidence of dryness or crazy gluten-freeness. These are amazing, amazing, amazing. If you want your cookie cooked longer than this, where it's not staying chewy and soft in the middle, cook it longer. Um, that's totally up to you. Um, but these are exactly how I want them to be. They're a nice golden brown on the bottom and the edges are golden brown. And they're kind of crumbly looking, not crumbly. You know, they have a sort of rumply looking, yummy top. So these came out exactly how I love them. I love this recipe. I love these cookies. I'm so excited to share with you. Anyway, let me know what you think. Do you love them too? Do they taste like the chocolate chip cookie of your dreams? You can share these anywhere. No one will know that they're gluten-free unless you tell them. And that's totally up to you. So you don't have to go through the whole crazy business of making a batch of gluten-free for people and a batch that's really tastes good for everyone else made out of wheat. No, you can make one batch that's gluten-free, no one will know, and you share it with everyone, which I love, because really, I like to bake, but I don't want to bake things that taste bad that no one wants to eat. And also, I don't want to bake the same things twice because, you know, you have to bake for two different um, groups of people. I mean, I love baking and all, but I like to just bake one thing. So this is a great recipe to have in your... Um, recipe collection that you can always pull out and use. Kids love it. Adults love it. It's great. It's great frozen. My dad loves them frozen. He has no idea that they're gluten-free unless I tell them, and then he always has the response, really? So it's very cute. Anyway, so that was our episode for today. I hope you found it helpful and enjoy the recipe. Thanks for joining me again. So excited. Always so excited to cook with you in my kitchen. It's, it's an honor and a pleasure, and I'm having such a good time sharing with you all. Um, I'd love to see your pictures of your bakes or comments, anything. So anytime you want to contact me, let me know how things are going. Um, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. Recommend the podcast. I'd love to um, share with everyone. So our next recipe, um, our next episode is uh, March 20th. It's pancakes. Oh, Pancakes. I love pancakes. I grew up eating pancakes for dinner. Uh, whenever we were lucky enough, we'd have uh, either pancakes or waffles for dinner, and I always loved pancakes. And then, of course, the whole gluten-free um, thing happened for me, and I couldn't eat wheat anymore, and pancakes, like everything else, kind of stunk. So I developed this gluten-free recipe, and everybody loves it. I feel like they're angel pancakes. They're just amazing. They're so tender. They're not the rubbery kind of pancake. They're not crumbly. They're buttery. They're amazing. I eat them just plain when they're hot off the grill. I eat them with butter on them. We eat them sometimes. My grandmother, I call them donut pancakes. I put melted butter or put butter on them and then a little powdered sugar and it's kind of like a sugar donut. I know it's weird. Everybody's got weird stuff. How do you guys eat your pancakes? Anyway, that's what's coming in March. I'm super excited to share it with you. Always super. See, I said super again. Ah. Anyway, I am looking forward to that in a couple weeks to share with you another one of my absolute favorite recipes. 
This is the recipe I usually have to make two or three batches when the family would get together so that all the um, nieces and nephews would get enough pancakes to eat because everybody seemed to want at least seconds. So anyway, super happy to have you here with me. I hope you have a great night. Um, I will be seeing you. No, not seeing you. I'll be uh, joining you again March 20th for the pancake episode. Thanks so much for being there. You guys have a good night. Bye-bye.